Amen. Hallelujah. Now we are going to get into the Word of God. Today we are introducing a theme for the month of August. We are going to be talking around the names of God. The names of God. Amen. We might not cover all of them. Today I'm going to make an intro and maybe go to one or two of them, God willing. Hallelujah. We will see how the Holy Spirit flows with us this morning. Amen. So we are looking at the names of God. We are looking at the names of God, and what is the reason we are looking at them? Because they help us to understand who God is in relation to us and the universe. God wants to relate to us. God wants us to know him at a personal level. God wants you to have a walk with him and have a rich experience about who he is. God wants us to know him in our families. God wants us to know him as a nation. You see, God needs to be our God even as a nation. Now, the names of God, they reveal who God is. They reveal who God is in his character. Once you know the character of God, you know the things that God can do and the things that God can do. Or the things that God can be and the, God, the things that God can't. We know that God is a just God. So if God is a just God, God can't discriminate. It means God can't be a racist. Am I talking to the right people here? It means God cannot allow you to be treated with inequality. If God is a just God. If God is love, it means God is not your hater. God is your blesser. Because God loves you. Amen. That is the character of God. The character of God, we, as we see it in his name, they tell us, you know, there's many things that people say about God in the name of God that are not God. And maybe when they share them with you, God is for the first time is hearing them when they are sharing with you. So, so you are going to be in a position to know how to listen to the good news about God and the rest of the things you can shut out. Amen. The names of God reveal to us the purposes of God. What are the purposes of God? You see, sometimes we may be preoccupied with things, and when we do them, we think we are doing something that is the will of God. One of the things we learn about the will of God, God says, I want to give you a future, but this future is not complex. It's not harmful for you. In this future, I want to bless you and give you a hope. So when you're feeling hopeless, when you're feeling desperate, when you're feeling disgruntled, one thing for sure, you know or not, God is not the source of my depression. Are you there? Because you now understand the purposes of God. The names of God also reveals the workings of God. How God works in his power. There's things that happen in this world that are bad. They have nothing to do with the finger and the signature of God. But when we look at the names of God, we will discover how God works. Are you there? God works. God is a God of reconciliation. When people are fighting, he says, whoa, 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 whoa. It does not matter who's wrong. First of all, let's forgive one another. So God is a God of forgiveness. Are you there? So when there is strife, when there is tension, when there is conflict, when God is working, people will have to reconcile. When they are not reconciling, God is not there. Are you there? God is a God of unity. Are you there? When there is sin, God will say, mm, 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 I love you as a sinner, but I've got a plan to deal with the sin. You must repent. Are you there? 
So God can leave you in your sin. So we need to understand the workings of God. Hallelujah. And we will have a glimpse of that when we go into the names of God. Now, Tony even says, learning to know God, which means we can learn to know God. Learning to know God by his names opens up a door or opens up the door of knowing his character more fully. We want to know the character of God more fully. Are you there? And experiencing his power more deeply. You don't have to hear people talk about the goodness of God and for you, you have never experienced it. Now, when we even talk about knowing God through his names, we can only know God through the names he has revealed to us. Meaning, we can't know God outside his revelation. Now, let's go into the book of Genesis in the beginning and see how God reveals himself. We will look at chapter 1 in verse 1. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We are looking at Genesis. There's no other book in the Bible that starts before Genesis. If it's there, um, we have to pray for you and your printer. Now, it means there's no other book. So we have gone into the beginning of our revelation as children of God. Now, God says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Whose beginning? God has no beginning. He's the one who gives us a beginning. Nobody was there before God. God has been there before all of us were there. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It is the beginning of the heavens and the beginning of the earth. It is not the beginning of God. God is in heaven, but he existed before heaven. God is on the earth. His presence is here, but he existed before the earth. God has no beginning. God has no history. History is our story as we walk with God or walk without God. Now, it says in the beginning, God. Who is this God? Now, we are looking at the English translation of the verse. But originally, the Bible was written in, in, in Hebrew and Aramic. Now, in Hebrew, the word God there, it means, it is the word E-L. E-L. L. And when L is used in the Bible, reference is made to God as a creator or the creatorship of God or what we call the Elohistic names of God. Now, the Elohistic names of God deeply express the relationship that God has as the creator with his creation or with his creatures. Now, the word L simply means the strong and powerful or the mighty one, El. So, in the plural is the word Elohim or El is a plural name for God. God who is community. When the Bible says in the beginning God, El, it is God who is self-existent in himself, who is one, but God who is a community. And I'll explain. Or what we refer to as the three person of the Godhead. Now, first track, Genesis 1.26. God creates us, or he creates our ancestors. We've got ancestors, hallelujah, that were created by God. I didn't say you worship them. I said we've got them. They are in the person of Adam and Eve. 
Fast track, Genesis 1.26. It says, God said. Who was he saying God to? He was saying to himself. God said, let us. God who is community. God who is triune. God who is three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are three persons, but they are one. They are indivisible. You cannot divide them. They are like you who is a body. Are you there? Who has a spirit. And because this spirit is life, you've got a mind or you've got a soul. Are you there? And these three, once you separate, somebody dies. Are you there? So, the same way you are Trinity, you are indivisible. If we take away your spirit and we take away your mind, you are just a corpse. Are you there? Now, if we leave your spirit and your body, are you there? And we take away your soul, your mind, they declare you brain dead. You can't function. You lose your legal right as a persona. And you need the assistance of a machine, electronics, to keep you breathing. Are you there? Because the mind is that computer. Are you there? That transfuses all things in one. Spirit, soul, and body. The same way God is Trinity. God is community. So the word L is the plural name of God. God who is triune. God who is three in one. God who is the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You see, the word L speaks about God as an object of worship. It is more than just a name. When we say El, Elohim, we, we are looking at God. We all have to worship. Exodus 23, in 25, the first part of it, it says, Worship the Lord your God. Worship the Lord El. Worship Him. God is sovereign. He's supreme above all and above everyone. And we all bow to Him. God is not submitted to anyone. We are all submitted to God. We all derive power from God. We can't give power to God. That's why we worship him. Now what is this worship? R.C. Sproul said, it is the pleasing of God that is at the heart of worship. Before I sing a song of appreciation to him, before I kneel down in prayer to declare his lordship over my situation, before I confess his word over my circumstances and declare him as my champion, recognizing the power he has, am I dedicated, have I surrendered my life to say I'm all yours? You are my Lord, you are my owner. Whatever you say, I will listen to it and I will obey. Worship does not start with a song of appreciation we sing to God. Worship does not start with a prayer in which we bow to him. It starts with a heart that has surrendered to God. That Lord, I have no other king but you. That Lord, I have no other Lord but you. That Lord, I have no other leader who is above you. It starts where it starts. Because sometimes you can sing a song that is contrary to how you are living in relation to him. You might be saying, Jesus is my Lord. 
when you are doing your own things and only remembering him as a spare tire when yours is flat. So when we say we worship him, we say, Lord, we want to live to glorify you, to exalt you and elevate you with our lives, to magnify you wherever we are. Let your presence increase. We want to enlarge your influence through our lives. We want to adore you. We want to honor you, revere you, and esteem you extravagantly and sincerely. You need to love God so much that people should pity you the way you love God. But, ah, uh, you even tell people when they set an appointment at the time of the, of the church service, you say, please, can we just delay it until 12? Just, I just want to via the church. The way you love God, you want to connect with him. You love him extravagantly. When the name El is used, as I've indicated... It is in relationship with who God is as the creator and show who he is as he reveals himself to us in our relationship with him. We know when we read in Genesis 1, 26, 27 that we are created in his image, in his likeness. So God created us as a replica of himself here on earth. He cre and who created us? We, we, we are not created by God who's running a factory without connecting to us. We are created by love. We, we didn't fall from the conveyor belt of heaven without any attachment to God. When we were created in his image, love created us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Hey. Before God created us, he created the right environment because he knew that the masterpiece was coming. Everything that God created is beautiful, but it had no soul, it has no spirit. But when he was preparing for one who has a soul, the trees don't have the image of God. The animals don't have the image of God. The fishes don't have the image of God. The insects don't have the image of God. But you and me have the image of Jehovah. We were created by love. We are lovely. We are wonderful. We are the apple of God's eye. Whoever touches us, touches God. Heaven salutes us. We even have angels from heaven released to minister on our behalf. Hey! The word El, as we have indicated, it means to be strong, to be powerful, to be mighty. In Hebrew is the word El Shaddai. God Almighty, the all-sufficient one. That is why we say if you have God, you have everything. He's the all-sufficient one. God experiences no shortage. God experiences no recession. God experiences no bankruptcy. God experiences no lack. You never hear that there is a shutdown in heaven because there's a lack of resources. The streets are paved with gold. There's so much gold that it is just 
a place to walk on. He's almighty. And this is how he reveals himself as the almighty. To Abraham, before he was Abraham. When Abraham, this man was just an idol worshiper. And God appears to him. He was 90 years, 99 years. Hey, people are blessed to live this long. Hey. Abraham, when he was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. This is how God appears to him. He says, Abraham, you are an idol worshiper. You don't know me. I'm not anything else you know that you have been worshipping to. I'm not the moon your ancestors have been bowing to. I'm not the stars that your ancestors have been bowing to. Look at all the symbols of the east. It's a star and a moon. Moon worshipper. God says I'm not there. That's my creator. Those things are my creation. This is who I am. You see, God will make you to confront your idolatry and show you who he is. Now he speaks to Abraham before he becomes Abraham. When he was in a culture that had a strange religion apart from this God. And God appears to him and he speaks to him. He says, this is who I am. I am the Lord Almighty. Meaning I am El Shaddai. And what is El Shaddai saying to him? Obey me and do what is right. El Shaddai, when he appears to him, the Almighty One, he says, I'm El Shaddai. I'm El Shaddai. You obey me and do what is right. You can never follow God from a place of disobedience. God cannot guide you. God cannot guide you if you are not under his control. Because you have already figured it out. And he says, do what is right. There's nothing gray. There's nothing gray. We live in a world where people are so-so. There's nothing so-so. When the Almighty appears to you, Things are straight. It's either it's right or it's wrong. Our choices are clear. It's either it's death or it's life. I wish that you may choose life, but I've put before you life and death. But the choice is yours. Do you know God never sends people to hell? He just respects their choice to go there. He never. He never. Even when we are deep sinners, he sends his own son. To come and beg, Jesus came. God came in a form of a human being to convince stubborn people. That's not where I want you to go. Hell is for the devil and his hosts. God never sends anybody to hell. He respects your choice. He says, if you're willing and obedient, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If you are, if you are. Revelation 3, I stand at the door of your heart, I knock. 
I want to come in, but I'm knocking. If you open to me, I will come in and have supper with you. But if you close the door, I will respect your choice next door. Don't say God is sending me to hell. God respects your choice. The Almighty says, obey me, obey me. And do what is right. The Almighty is speaking to you. Your life is not submitted to him. You are not his follower. You are not living for him. You have been worshipping wrong things. He's speaking to you. He says, I'm the Almighty today. I'm the Almighty. Obey me. Just obey me. Just obey me. You will eat the good of the land. Just obey me. And do what is right. You choose to do what is wrong. Don't say the devil made me to. The devil never does anything. The devil is not as powerful as we think. You didn't come to church. Agree, you came to church. The devil does not like to have people at church. Maria here. Why couldn't he stop you? Why couldn't he stop you? You see, our problem is when God delivers us from sin, we still want to keep connection with sin. Deliverance is there. He delivers you. He says, I'm almighty. Your sins are nothing. I'm speaking my word into your situation. You have the ability to obey me. You have the ability because I've said it. You've got the ability to do what is right and live in integrity. I'm the almighty. I'm saying it to you. I'm more powerful than the devil. I'm more powerful than demons. And you come and say, the devil made me too. And some, the devil is happy at that testimony. He will take it anytime. He's a liar. He thrives on lies. And he will grow on the lies that you yourself are perpetuating. Do what is right. No, God was not talking to you. He was talking to Abraham. Unless you are angry with me. Gwen Smith said, God is the source of all power. And prayer is essential to experiencing his power in our lives. We can access God's power through prayer. But our problem is we come to God who has unlimited power, unlimited authority. And we limit him by our limited expectations. He's almighty. He's all powerful. But when we come to him in prayer, our expectations are limited. Unlimited. You tell yourself when you wake up, I'm nobody. You tell yourself. You, you tell yourself, I'm a nobody. You, you tell yourself. You come with a, with a mind that has been polluted by all this emotional poison that you have allowed in your life. Some of you, you were fired by a guy and you want to die for a guy. Do you want to die for a guy? A loser who has no vision, who can appreciate who you are made in the image of God. You want to die for such a person? You want to give him the power he does not have? Some of you, you have been proposing girl for a long time and you think you are not good. 
You think you're not good. It has affected your self-esteem. You have tried to change your dress code, change perfume. For who? For who? Spending my money to change my image. For who? People who don't know me that I'm valuable, I'm wonderfully made. For who? If they love you for your perfume, the relationship is superficial. It's not real. It's not real. It's not going to last. It's paper. It's plastic. It can be a covenant. How many hairstyles are you going to change to make people love you? It is Charles Swindle who says, God is able to take your life with all the heartache, with all the pain, with all the regret, and all the missed opportunities, and use them for his glory. Now we move on to the name of God as Jehovah. And this name talk about God's redemptive power. Yahweh. And this name Jehovah, normally when it is used, it is used like a pet name to implicate a personal relationship with God. When you are saying Jehovah, it's like when a husband is saying, my love, to the wife. Hey, Jesus. Hey, and the woman feels some chill. Wow. It's when you're a husband and you are passing and your wife says, honey, could you give me that thing on the table? And honey, <laughs> you know why? It's not everybody who calls you honey. If, if you are at the office and somebody says, honey, you say, huh? <laughs> You will be binding in the name of Jesus. I bind you. Jesus' name. Get behind me, Satan. Honey. But when somebody is in covenant with you, when they say honey, how they say it expresses that Personal attachment, intimacy, connection, chemistry. The same way when the children of Israel looked to God and said, Jehovah, that name was saying, You are the God who is liberating us. You are a God who is saving us. You are a God who is delivering us. You are a God. Who is so much in love with us? He's converting us. He's changing our lives. Through his grace and through his power. I like what Kenneth Hagin said. He says, Satan is a destroyer. But Jesus is a deliverer. That is why in John 10.10, Jesus says, the thief comes. The thief comes. 
to steal, to kill, to destroy. But that's not me. That's a thief. Jesus was saying, I'm your shepherd. I lay down my life for you. When it comes to my leadership, there's somebody who tries to be like me. But when you see him, when you look at his work, he destroys, he kills, he steals. That person is a thief. That's not my nature. That's not my purpose. That's not my workings in your life. But I have come to cancel everything the thief has done. If you're stolen from you, I want to restore seven times. I'm a restorer. If he kills, I'm the resurrection and I'm the life. If he destroys, I've come to build. Come to me, you who are heavily laden. Come learn of me. I'm not ruthless. I'm not merciless. But I'm humble. But I'm meek. Take my yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. That's the Jesus we follow. That's the Jesus we follow. That's the redeemer we have. You know, I like what Joyce Mayer said. She says, God wants to deliver us. But he wants to deliver us from the things we have done. Hey, there's things we have done. In the past, we have hurt people. Hey, we owe people we have not even paid them. We have hated people for no cause because we were an audience to gossip. We blame people for the things they did not commit because we just wanted a scapegoat. But God wants to deliver you from the things you have done so that they remain in the past. But God does not want to end there. He also wants to deliver you from the things that were done to you. Hey! We have been abused. Our promises raised this high and shattered so easy. Hey! Some of you, 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 have, you don't know how many wedding dresses you have changed. But you have never walked the aisle. Because somebody got chicken feet on the way to the aisle. Hey, so when you see a guy, you see the devil. Ah, eh. There's things that have been done to us. Promises that were not kept. Discrimination that we faced. Exclusion that we faced. Hate that we faced. Lack of affirmation and favoritism that you suffered. God still wants to deliver you. So that when you see your persecutors, your haters, you can say, Father, they didn't know what they are doing. You are free. You are delivered. You are delivered. No anger. No strife. You don't wish them evil. You are free. The word Jehovah. What is interesting in the Bible is also translated as the word Lord. 
it is used 6,823 6, times. So it's 6,000, almost 7,000 in how it is used in the Bible. 6,823 times in how it is used. In Isaiah, the prophet says in Isaiah 26, and I'll stick to verse 4. He says, trust the Lord your God. Trust the Lord Jehovah. For in God, for in the Lord Jehovah is your everlasting strength. He uses a word. Trust. Trust. You know, if, if, you, are, if, if you are in, in corporate and you are in the board, you are called a trustee. Are you there? If you are in the board, if you are a director, you are a trustee, which means the shareholders, the owners of this company have put this company under your governance. You are a trustee. They are not there, but they trust your judgment. They are not there, but they trust that you will protect their interest. Trust. It means you don't have to be there to run the company if you have good trustees. They know when to report, how to report. They know how to hire. They know how to come with policies that will protect your interest and even grow your shares. Trust. We all have to trust God. Now I'm walking on the stage. I'm trusting the artisans who made it. Before I went up, I didn't come and open down here and check if it's properly propped up. I trusted. Which means I trusted my health in their workmanship. Are you there? That as professionals, they will do what is required according to the requirements of the South African Master Builders Association. And that's what they've done. So I'm walking. I'm continuing with my work as a pastor. I'm teaching you. Anytime you are not nervous that I will be buried under. Isn't it so? You're not expecting me to fall at any time because we trust the material that has been used. How it was put together. Why can't you trust God the same way? We trust people more than God. When you go into a taxi, you don't say, ah, can I have a breathalyzer? Can we test you if you are not drunk over the limit? And some of these guys, the way they drive, we're not sure. Can I see the hands of you, those who use taxis this morning? Whatever your taxi is, whether you have taxified, you come la pestraten or uberizing. Can I see your hands? Did you use a breathalyzer on them? Why? 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 You trusted them. Do you trust God the same way? Trust in the Lord. What does it say? Trust in the Lord God always. 
When you feel good, when you feel bad, when you are fearful, when you are at peace, trust in the Lord always. For he is your everlasting strength. Now when you look deeply into the word Jehovah and look at how it is used and written from English, there's things originally that this is how we should write it in English. We should use either J, H, V, H, or Y, H, W, H. And one thing you notice there, there are no vowels. When it was spoken, people used to use a grammatical principle called tetra, tetragrammaton. You, 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 you eliminate the vowels. Because in ancient times, the way God was respected, people didn't want to speak to God like they're speaking to their friend directly in how they honored God. There's no vowels there. There's no vowels. Now, the reason is that when we look at Jehovah and we look at that concept about Jehovah, what the writers wanted to communicate is that God is a mystery until he reveals himself in who he is. So when he says, I'm Jehovah, he says, I am that I am. Signifying, which means, or signifying, I will be all that I will be. You can't put God in a box and get him stuck to your own theology. And say, this is God, because I am an African, God will come this way. He will surprise you. God is not African, God is God. God is not American, God is God. God is not Asian, God is God. And he's a God for all in various cultures. Now, when God continues to reveal himself as God, he wants us to know him as Jehovah, who is our redeemer. The Lord is his name, but what is this name? This name is that he's God who redeems us in all generations. Which means if he worked in the Old Testament, he can still work today. Let me give you scriptures you can read at home. Exodus 3 verse 14. Exodus 3 verse Exodus 15 verse 3. Isaiah 42 verse 8. Jeremiah 16 21, which I'm going to read. And Isaiah 42, verse 8. And Amos chapter 8. Amos chapter 5, verse 8. Amos chapter 9, verse 6. Now, let's go to Jeremiah 16, 21. Therefore, listen to what God says. I will teach them. This time, I will teach them my power and my might. They will know that my name is is the Lord, or my name is Jehovah. God is saying to us, we will know that he is the I am, that which he wishes to be to us, as he reveals himself to us, when he reveals himself to us, we will know. He says, I will teach them. You must be open in your life, as you read the Bible, as you walk with God, and live your Christian life on a daily basis. Allow God to teach you who he is as Jehovah. You need to. You must be open to that. 
Because he's a God who reveals himself. Now let's look at God in how he reveals himself as the healer. Jehovah Rafika or Jehovah Rapha. The same God who is El. The same God who is El Shaddai, Lord Almighty. In El as a creator, he created our bodies, our souls, and our spirit. He's able to keep them healed. Are you there? And, but the condition is we must obey his instructions. You know, sometimes we get into trouble when it comes to issues of health because we don't follow God's instructions. You know, there's other sicknesses. They're called psychosomatic diseases. There's nothing wrong with your body, technically. But something gets wrong with your body because you are violating spiritual principles. If God says forgive, you don't forgive. You keep grudges. You, you, you invite hypertension to yourself. I, I'm not cursing you. I'm just discussing. <laughs> I've never mentioned your name, so don't, don't go out here and put me on Facebook for, for, for the sins I did not commit. <laughs> now, God says forgive. Are you there? Yes. You choose not to forgive. You increase your blood pressure because as long as you see that person you don't like. Your thoughts about them, they're not kind. They're not kind. Now you are allowing yourself to wallow in negative energy. You are a silent wizard and witch. Koro omoloi osabui. You bewitch through your thoughts. I wish you can get an accident. You don't say it, but I don't like him so much. I wish he can lose their job. You don't say it, but you are thinking it. And the Bible says, as a man thinketh. Hmm. You are bewitching silently. You are a wizard and a witch. Because witches operate in secret. We can't get hold of your secrets because they are in the minds. But your, your witchcraft is there because of unforgiveness. God says forgive. You know when you are forgive, when you're forgiven, you have no load. You are light. That is why the Lord can prepare a table before your enemies. They are enemies. When, when you, are, you have moved on, that is why you, can, you have appetite. <laughs> they are, you have moved on. They are enemies. Their thoughts about you are not good, but, but you have forgiven them. You let go. You are blessing those who are cursing you. That is why the Lord has prepared table. And you can eat in the presence. Eat. And ask for some more. <laughs> First cause, second cause, and a palatable drink. <laughs> While they're saying, I wish that, I wish that, that, that bone can choke their throat. And you eat like an African, you crush that bone. <laughs> Jesus. You 
do that when you are free? When you have no grudge. And you can focus your power on God's purpose, on your family business, on your own personal development. Amen. Your own maturity. Jesus. Now, now, when you study Exodus 15, you see God, how he manifests himself as a God who is the healer in the lives of the children of Israel. He takes them from bondage. You know, bondage is not a nice thing. You know, slavery. Hey. I mean, slavery is not good. Slavery. Being under dominion. Your will being violated. Your children becoming somebody's assets. It's not an easy thing. Eh? You thought apartheid was hard. Try slavery. But don't try it at home. <laughs> hey. God takes these people who have been under slavery where they are non-existent. They only work for the desires of others to please them, to advance them. Even when they are sleeping, they can be woken up anytime. When they wake up in the morning and they've slept eight hours, that is why they sang those spiritual... Mm, mm, <laughs> because they could appreciate eight hours. Slavery. Under apartheid. Hey, under apartheid, it was hard. I remember growing up, going to a wimpy. But it's, I don't think it's the owners of wimpy now, so I'm saying the, the old wimpy. The old wimpy. Black people used to buy on the window, on the side. And we are not sure about the freshness of what was coming our way. I'm not sure. That's where we used to buy, on the side. And we used to see people sitting down. We wished to sit down, but we were made to stand. Hey, we are teaching these young ones. You don't appreciate democracy. Born free, born free, gopi. You don't appreciate the healing that God has brought. You criticize your parents. You are spoiled brats. We take you to school. You play at school. You go on drugs. When you are at varsity. You party the whole night. You don't know that people died for the right to education. God takes these people who experience a rough life as a non-entity. Non-entity. He delivers them. He takes them. And he opens the Red Sea. They get freed. The army of Pharaoh gets choked by the waters. God protecting them. But when you go to verse 22 and 23, they've just been delivered. They are complaining. 
nyanya, we hungry, we want meat. Eh, if we were, if we were comrades, yeah, viva, viva comrades, yeah. If we were in Egypt, we'd be having cucumbers in Egypt. We'll be eating onions and garlics. The garlics of slavery. Some of you are, calling, are, are crying for the garlics of slavery. You are in a house you have prayed for. But you are doubting God when you are having a problem of cash flow. And you can't pay for the bill. What was the great miracle? Paying the bill or the house? What is the value? Freedom or food? Food or freedom? What was big? What was the greatest miracle? We whinge, we complain. When Jehovah Rapha has taken us out of oppression, dealing with our soul, we are in liberty, we are in freedom. And we don't lack, we don't even have accountability. We think freedom is a license to say anything. 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 If I'm angry, I'll ban anything. Ah, I'm angry. It's a shisa. I'm angry. I'm angry. Yet your children, when they go to school, they pass next to that traffic light that you are destroying. It's your traffic light. Because you are free. did not leave them there. These fickle human beings who are unappreciative. God says to them in 25 and 26 after he has tested them he says if you listen to my voice diligently do what is right. He still repeats do what is right. Accountability. Freedom goes with responsibility. I'm your neighbor. You are free. But you're not free to make your, your, your sound system when you are blessed to be loud until 1 o'clock. No, 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 no. You shut it at 10 o'clock. You shut it. Because you are free. You can, brrr, we, we can't sleep because of you. You are free, free. Free go pee. Switch it off. 10 o'clock and go to sleep. Sing in your bed with your children. Buy, buy, buy headphones for everybody. Dance with your headphones. Give us the, the peace. It's your sound. But there is limits to how far you can push it. If you are married then you are a husband. Your wife is not your property. You might be married in community, but she's not a property. Hey, I'm married in community of property. Hey, it is just defining the nature of the relationship. It didn't say she's property. You don't own her. 
She belongs to God. Yeah. If you have received a wife from God, you have received a good thing. Yeah. Treat a good thing as a good thing. God says, if you listen to my commandments, if you keep my statutes, I will not allow the diseases of Egypt to come to you. For I am the Lord who healeth thee. God says he's the God who heals us if we do what he has told us to do. Yes, there's preconditions. And we need to remind people about the preconditions. You're going to vote next year. But you must hold the leaders accountable. You vote for people, then after that you want to ban the whole community. When you are angry with them. Go, go, go to their house. Go to the parliament. Remind them. Hey, I'm constituency. You have forgotten. God says he heals. God may use individuals, ministers, churches to heal you. But the power to heal belongs to God. All credit for healing goes to God. We can't use it for our own status to get privileges. Just because I've laid hands on you, you got healed. It does not mean that now I must claim powers and privileges over the healing that God has produced. We can't commercialize the gospel. And God, when he heals you, he heals you totally. He heals your bodies. He deals with your physical pain and your discomfort. In Matthew 8, 16, it says, that evening, the demon possessed were brought to Jesus. He cast out evil spirits with a single command and he healed all the sick. So God is our healer, but we receive his healing, the promise of healing by faith. You must have faith. You, 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 you must not. You see, our problem is that we have outsourced our faith. To people who are called ministers. No, I brought my problem to the man of God. And nothing happened. Your problem is, man of God does, if the anointing is not there, he's as good as you. Take it to God. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the fit. He didn't say, look to me. I'm just a servant. I'm not a savior. Hey, I pray for people that don't get healed sometimes. And I, I'm not stressed. I go sleep in peace. I'm not a healer. It does not affect my self-esteem. Your healing is not connected to my self-esteem. I'm not a healer. He said, I lay hands on the sick. They will recover. How they recover has nothing to do with me. Because I did not write that process. Has all the things in God. I believe in healing. The same way you believe in healing, I believe in healing. But if it did not happen, I don't know why it didn't happen. I don't know. With others it happened. With you it did not happen. Ask God. I don't know. My self-esteem is not affected. I will keep on preaching. I'll keep on praying for you. My, it has nothing to do with me. You may speak bad against me. No. Preach the word in season and out of season. God heals the soul. God will heal your soul. He does not only heal the body, he heals the soul. Sometimes we go through mental 
emotional distress, trauma, and depression. These things are real. These things are real. Where you don't understand what has happened. The lights are out. No fees, no spark. No flare, no energy, no passion. You are a dead sister walking, dead brother walking. We don't know what are the issues. The psalmist corrects himself. In Psalms 42 verse 5, he says, Why are you so crushed down? Oh my soul. Why are you so troubled in me? Put your hope in God. He says, for I will again give him praise. Which means he could not give praise. He could not give praise. He says, I will give him praise. Who is my help? Your help comes from God. Your help comes from God. When you are going through a soul that is crushed, you need God. We don't know what to do to you. We don't know. We will give you antidepressant to cope. Are you there? And sometimes you need them. But we don't know beyond that what to do to you. Put your hope in God. God who created your mind. God who created your emotions. Ewin McNamu says, hope lifts us out of the rubble of our failures. The rubble of our pain, the rubble of our fear to rise above what at one point seemed insurmountable. Sometimes our problems are too big to handle. When your children are on drugs, you don't know what led them to drugs. Even under good parental guidance. You see, sometimes parents, you must not bother yourself about things that are beyond you. Sometimes you take your children to the right schools, you buy them everything. We, we were raised in a harsh way. We are supposed to be suicidal. I'm telling you. We are supposed to be having problems. We were raised terrible way. We walked in winter to school without shoes. That's what happened to us. Some of our children have, we, we drop them at school. We take them to school in a car. They have a scuff tin, a lunch pack. We had nothing. At lunchtime, break, we used to call it break. You went to the tap and drank water. At least God provided water for free. H2O. We had a lot of H2O. And you drank it until to camouflage. But the problem is it will be doing mathematics during this. The, the, because it's water without carbohydrate, without protein. But at least you had water. We are supposed to be suicidal. And I'm not making joke about those things, Pastor We were raised by single parents. I was raised by a single parent. We were raised in a four-roomed house. Crowded everywhere. As long as there was room, whether it's under the table, somebody slept there. Here we are, by the grace of God. Here we are, by the grace of God. Nothing of our own. Nothing of our own. Why are you so troubled, my soul? In Romans 15, 13, Paul says, I pray that God, the source of hope, fill you completely with joy 
and peace because you, 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 nobody else, you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will be at work in you, in your traumas, if you put your hope in God. God will heal your spirit. Oh, sometimes our spirits suffer from attacks, disturbances, disorders. Hey. In Psalms 142, verse 3, the psalmist says, When my spirit was overwhelmed, when? Was talking, giving a testimony, talking about his past. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, when my heart is troubled within me, then God, you knew my path. You knew my way of escape. When my enemies had put in traps for me, you made a way for me. God is the fixer of hearts. Nobody heals broken hearts like God. Nobody. Nobody. All of us, our hearts get broken. As people, we sometimes get into tricky situations. I'm telling you, Mazalan, nobody bewitched us. We just made bad decisions. Just a misjudgment. You are in a relationship you are not supposed to be. Hey. You have this husband. You are unequally yoked. You knew. God told you. Don't. And here you are. You wake up. This trouble. This affliction. So when you read the scriptures and says many other affliction, your affliction is a human being who has put a ring on your finger. But the problem was just misjudgment. But you are already in the situation. In so to you are imprisoned. Sometimes we even make serious mistakes that become very unfavorable and disastrous for us. And what we experience, we get hurt, we get wounded, we get humiliated, and we get judged. People come to you and say, hmm, you holy, holy. And then they become ironic. Magua o ngwele ngwele tina if the holy, holy, the hallelujah Jesus are the ones who are divorcing, where are we? If the tongue-talking Shandai Kalabakasa, the one who claim to have the Holy Spirit, are in tricky situations like this, who are we who don't even have a breath of the Holy Spirit? And there you sit condemned, judged. When your sins are really finding you out. And you can see the devil is not there. Here, hey, you just made mistakes. And they have been too expensive. 
your job to judge when others are going through such things. It is not your job to figure it out and say, why, why, what if they deserve it? It is not your job to do that. Your job is to lift the fallen, to restore the broken, and to heal the hurting. Jesus, Isaiah, when he prophesies in advance about the ministry of Jesus, what we come to benefit as a church when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he says, he was wounded for the wrong we did. He was crushed for the evil we did. The punishment which has made as well. Oh, we can say, it is well with our soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. With my soul. It is well. It is well. I, I had no reason to sing that song. If Jesus was not crushed for my iniquities, for my sins, that it may be well with me. We are healed by his stripes. He was bruised for our mistakes. God does not put it on your account. You come to him just as you are. He heals you for he heals the brokenhearted. Jesus is the name that is above every name. Jesus is the name through which we are saved. Jesus is the name through which we find deliverance and we may approach God. It is well with my soul. With my it is it is well
what can we be without Jesus? What can we be? Oh, he was wounded that we may be healed. And we thank him for that. As we have our eyes closed, every head bowed, we may take our seats prayerfully in the presence of God. As we have our eyes closed, every head bowed, I'm going to make different prayers today. I want to start with the first prayer. Maybe you are coming here for the first time. You have been invited. You have never received Jesus in your life as your Lord and your Savior. But today, you want to give your life to Him. Jesus is not your enemy. God is not the source of your problems. God is your healer. God is Jehovah who frees you, who fights for you. But today, you want to give your life to Him. If you want me to pray with you, could you kindly raise your hand wherever you are and keep that hand up that I may pray for you. I see hands are going up. Just God bless you. I see lots of hands. Oh, you are so bold this morning. Just raise those hands. Just raise them. Keep them up. Raise those hands. Oh, God bless you. Pamisa letolahao. And keep that hand. God bless you this side. God bless you here. I see lots of hands. God, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? I want to pray for you. Just raise that hand quickly. I want to pray for you. God bless you this side. God bless you at the back. Anybody else? Anybody else? We just want to pray for you. Quickly, we want to pray for you. God bless you in the front here. I'm going to ask all the people who have raised their hand. Could you kindly stand where you are and come all the way and come to the front. Bring your Bible. Bring your belongings. We just want to pray for you. Even if you did not raise your hand but you want me to pray for you just come just come just come just come just come don't be ashamed of anything we, we can't save you people can heal you it is only God who can do that it's only God who can forgive you it's only God who will accept you for who you are he will not judge you he will not condemn you just come just come all the way from where you are yes keep on coming